and welcome to A Workout Wonderland. We are not an Arsenal podcast today. Yeah, we're going to be talking through the Arsenal nil Villa 1 game. Yeah, and tonight I am joined by Carl. What can we really say about this um, whole system? Just that we are very poor. Like we've Arsenal, don't you ever feel like he's one step forward and three steps back constantly. Definitely. Uh, that's what I, I'm definitely feeling that at the moment is just, it doesn't seem like anything can kind of go for us um, at all. But yeah, let's go into, I saw from the chat box, I think Thunder Road was first in there, then Phil Macker. We've even seen there's a lesser spotted pirate in there. If uh, anybody wants to give him a hello, um, Remember, if you're in there, um, give us a like, subscribe and all of that stuff. We shall get into the game as well, um, because basically everything happens in the first three minutes. Where do we really start? Do we just start with the goal? Is that the only th- is that the first oh, thing that happens? Oh, you said the happens in the first three minutes. I thought you were talking about Chris's sex life, but anyway, we move. Um, <laughs> um, do you know what? It was just a culmination of miscommunication and poor judgment and poor error and poor play unfortunately um the pass back from cedric back to gabriel was poor it was bad you know there's no excuse for it there wasn't enough on the ball and i think gabriel obviously got caught short um and there's a combination of errors because holding wasn't tight enough to the player and you know it, it creeps in I think Matt Ryan was very unlucky, very, very unlucky, because it also takes a, a slight deflection as well. Yeah, it's unlucky, but I think, you know, it's just poor play. And how many times have you, I, Danny, John, Chris sat here and spoke about lack of concentration with Arsenal players and lack of poor and poor play with Arsenal? It just seems that majority of the times we're our own worst enemy. And it's not that Villa played particularly well today. I think it's more a culmination of we played poor, uh, and that first three minutes just kind of shows you how just how bad we actually played. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, the majority of the the blame goes with uh, Cedric because that pass back is just he sold his hospital pass. He sold Gabriel down there, and yeah, once he gets to it, I think Holdings unlucky. I think he's in the right, not necessarily in the right. He could be in a better place, but Watkins. <laughs> slides off him and it's a deflection that takes it past Ryan. Yeah, it does. But don't you think, I mean, again, I'm not trying to pick out who was the worst here because they were all bad, mm. but don't you think that in the box, holding's got to be touched tight? Yeah, I think that is probably one of the reasons that, you know, it's three minutes into a game, nobody's that warmed up. Yeah, and I think that's the, the biggest problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, we we both know that it was, all, it was bad all round, wasn't it? Like, I, I don't think anyone comes out, you know, smelling of roses in that, sort of in that passage of play um we just it's almost like we weren't switched on and you know first three minutes of the game like you said you're right it, it was very early but at the same time you know you, you gotta be expected you go to work you may start work at you know 12 30 mm-hmm. and you don't just start working at i don't know one o'clock you start working at 12 30 i'm just pointing to just perspectives right now and you've got to be ready and like you said it was a, it was a shit ball from cedric and obviously gabriel at ready and holding obviously a little bit cold and things like that and i just feel like i feel like we're making excuses like mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to call anyone out because they were all bad but 
I feel like we're trying to look for excuses for reasons why they wasn't good rather than, you know, calling them out and saying that you wasn't very good, you were bad, like, unfortunately, so. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I'd kind of, like, I'm always going to be quite defensive against our players uh, in that way. I won't necessarily call them out as, you know, when they've kind of done mediocre jobs, I'd kind of, like, say they should try harder, but not necessarily going to slate them for it, and I think that's where, we're going to kind of differ, and I'm sure there's a pirate currently shouting uh, in there uh, to say that yeah, he is definitely not a fan of these players at the moment. Um, I mean, you've got to put a spade a spade, don't you think? I mean, when they're good, you give them praise. You, you tell yeah. them, you know, you've done well. And I think when they're bad, maybe not slate them. I'm not, I'm not talking, advocating slating them like some people do on, on Twitter and things like that. But you call them out when they're not playing well. Like, you can't keep constantly make excuses for them and say, oh, yeah, well, must trade, but oh, it's only five minutes into the half or things like that. Like, because if they, if we are scored five minutes into the half, you wouldn't say like, oh, well, you played well, it's five minutes into the half, you've done well. You'd be like, oh, brilliant. Like, so I think it's kind of swings and roundabouts and it wasn't an individual error. Well, it was one person's individual error that led to a culmination of uh, errors, unfortunately. And yeah, I think I'm not kind of on the on the pirates kind of boat at the moment no pun there but uh, <laughs> kind of just getting sick and tired of constantly calling out their mistakes because it's happening more often than not yeah and I think let's continue through the game because I think there's some other points we can talk about it wasn't all Villa and it wasn't all necessarily Arsenal bad let's just chat a few minutes after that we see I think Konza gets a yellow card uh, Saka breaking through the line um, it's one of those middle of the field, but there's not much in behind Saka's through on goal uh, if he isn't brought down. Referee only gives a yellow card. I thought uh, that's a red now because, you know, made no attempt to get the ball. Yeah, well, why is he still on the field? What's going on there? Because it was against an Arsenal. It was against Arsenal, Josh. You, you oh, should know this yes. right now. I think maybe because of where it was and how far out it was, that's the reason why it's not a red. I, 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 and I, that's with my football hat on, not my Arsenal hat on, because had it been maybe a few yards up the pitch and dead centre, then maybe you could say, yeah, it's a obvious goal-scoring opportunity. And for some reason, I don't think that a one on, just being one-on-one with the goalkeeper that far out is an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. I, I, that's how they perceive it, I, I, I guess. I was annoyed. I, I really was annoyed because you do think... It's a cynical challenge. It, it really is. I've seen Reds given for that. Granit Xhaka springs to mind. Mikel Arteta, another one. Uh, I see that yeah. video is going around on Twitter at the moment. Is him? Yeah, so that, that springs to yeah. mind. And you know, as I mean, I'm going to we talk about this later about the the. Well, it just seems like we just referees are against Arsenal at the moment. However, I think that a yellow was probably justified. I'll be honest with you, like I'll like I wouldn't have been sad if you got a red. However, I, again with my football hat on, if I flipped it round and had that been on the other side, um, and we got a red card for that, I'll be fuming. So I probably think a yellow is justified for that. Yeah, that's where I kind of agreed with it as well. Like if we're gonna say we need to change the rules, and I know we've received red cards for it in the past, well, you know, them changing is, you know, that being a yellow and then it being consistent um, ongoing when the next Arsenal player does it and hopefully doesn't get sent off. Um, but then a few minutes later, we then see Konza go straight through the back of Lacazette and not get a second yellow. 
And I think that's when my biggest gripes are early in. That's, uh, that was totally a referee bottle job, I'll be honest with you, because, again, I hate to keep on banging on about being Arsenal, but if that's an Arsenal player, that's a second, it's a second yellow, isn't it? It's a second yellow and he's off, but the referee does nothing. And, and this is what I'm talking about, why the referees don't have to answer to anybody. They shouldn't be made to come out and explain their decisions and say, I didn't send them off because, or I didn't feel that's a yellow card because, and it's just ridiculous. You you question a referee and you get fined. I saw at the end of the game, Mikel Arteta talking to the referee and that he was obviously angry. I'm mostly probably about something we're going to talk about later, but um, it's just, it, it's just ridiculous how referees are just not made to make, or not made to explain their decisions. Like they should be able to say, okay, this is what I thought. This, I mean, we could think of so many opportunities that happened to like uh, Chelsea Arsenal with uh, Jorginho, and he went on to score the winning goal last season. Was it last season, the season before, it was last season. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's just so many times it seems to happen to Arsenal so many times, and I guess you could probably sit with all other. 19 other fans from other Premier League teams and they probably said they probably say the same thing um I'm sure they would I'm sure they'd all have um opportunities or there's all have decisions that go against them that they're not happy about but it just seems to happen maybe because we follow Arsenal it seems so we see that it more often or not but it just seems to happen to us much more often which is just just a bit silly like it just annoys me I guess yeah so it's kind of Continue through the game. We did create a few chances. Um, I think Pepe looked to be, do you say, probably our most bright player in that first half. Uh, mainly because Saka was getting fouled through the whole of it. Um, yeah, what did you think? Of yeah, he was definitely he was definitely better than he's been. He was. More attacking, like I think he's like found a little bit of form, so he's enjoying his football now. I don't think he's enjoying his football before, but now he's found a little bit of form and he scored a few goals. And I think he's now enjoying his football. He's now, you know, being able to take effect on the game much more, much better. Um, and he was, he was definitely our most attacking player and definitely our most dangerous player. He had a few shots uh, that just went wide and over. And, you know, it was, it was a Pepe that you want to see. Like, you know, a few months ago is probably not what you'd expect from him, but at the moment he's playing well. And, you know, it's what we paid the £72 million for, I mm-hmm. guess, like to see this Pepe. Um, but I had no thoughts with him. I mean, you could say that maybe he should have taken some of his chances, but as his more all-round play, his attacking play and his link-up play, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, and I think... Um... The defensive work we saw from him as well. And Arteta said after the, our last game that he's playing some of his best football as well. And I think that's a huge thing uh, for us. That he's now playing the way we kind of need him to and getting good results from it. Um, but I think we still struggle to really get any shots on target, um, any reasonable shots on target. It's the only one I can think of is the Xhaka free kick in the first half. Um, which, uh, to be fair, was a fantastic free kick from what thirty-five yards out. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I thought that was, I think that was either going over or hitting the post. It didn't look like it was 
going in from me. I mean, it was a brilliant shot, and um, I think Martinez done extremely well to to get to it. That absolutely brilliant me. And obviously, as normal, whenever we play against any goalkeeper, they have the game of their lives a ten out of ten. Like it's just it's just typical Arsenal in it uh, at the moment. And yeah, but it was a brilliant shot from Jacka, and I think. I don't know, someone just tells me it was just going over if you look at the camera angle, but all I give sometimes you've got to give credit where credit is due, and it was a very good save from um from Martinez. Yeah, I mean Leno doesn't get there, does he? No, 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 no. <laughs> definitely, definitely doesn't um get there, not at all. But yeah, sometimes you just have to sort of hold your hands up and say, Oh, you know what? Well done. Um it, it was a very good save. And just something I want to bring up. As much as I love Saka, I do. I think he's a wonderful player. His corner taking is absolutely atrocious. Like I don't, I just don't. It's just it seems to be everybody at Arsenal just cannot take a corner, and I don't know why. I don't know why they can't stand on that line and cross the ball into that box. It's just I don't know. It's getting ridiculous now. Yeah, and I think we. Um... Yeah, I think the only time I can remember a scoring from a corner is when Willian's taken it. And, you know, I don't think we, as a fan base, want Willian starting games purely because he can take an all right corner. <laughs> no, but I give credit to Gabriel as well. I thought Gabriel was very good today from set pieces. He was getting his head to so many balls. Like, he's, I think if people were on their toes and anticipated Gabriel getting to the ball first, because I can remember there was one. Uh, there was a corner, Gabriel peeled off, uh, Villa kind of go out and then we got it back in and Gabriel headed it to, I want to say it's Lacazette, but Lacazette weren't on his toes. So I think Gabriel today needs a special mention today, well, at least from um, from the attacking point of view because he was getting his head to a lot of balls and I think we didn't exploit that good enough. Yeah, he was definitely the most threatening player, I think, in from putting chances away, I thought he was going to be the one for us rather than anyone else. Um, maybe Rob Holding, again, I think that was where our best chances were coming from, were from set plays, really. We just couldn't break down this Villa side that, you know, scored incredibly early and then just put, you know, two banks of four um, or even worse, six at the back. I think it was a nightmare for us to get through it and... You'd think a coach with the attacking um, philosophy that Arteta supposedly has, yes, he's sorted us out defensively in most cases. We just didn't quite see that attack click today. What did you have that down to? Um, I think it's hard to put your finger on it. To be honest, like I want to, I want to say I was down to this or down to that, but. Maybe a lack of confidence of losing the last game. Um, maybe it was that. I, I'm not. I don't know. I think maybe not going straight forward because they because we had a goalkeeper who they were probably thinking we need to protect. It's a, it's a culmination of things. I can't put it down to to one thing. Unfortunately, it's just today was one of those days where you're right. The attack didn't click and it was calling out for something special but unfortunately we didn't get that something special yeah and I think that's one of the things that we need to kind of have a look at is that 
you know, Arteta can coach the hell out of these players, but sometimes you need that individual quality just to break through the lines and a player to take it on their shoulders to do so. And I think um, Smith Rowe didn't look, he's normally been that player for us, you know, that one that's shown a little bit of quality to get through uh, a deep line in the last couple of weeks. And we just didn't see that from him for whatever reason. Um, are there any other things we want to come talk about in the first half? It was, you know, a, a difficult, difficult first half for us, I think. It's hard to put your finger on, like I said, it's hard to put the finger on what exactly wasn't clicking. I think that we were trying to break down the doors at Villa at the same time were very defensive, as you said. And I think sometimes when you stream forward, we're always worried about the counter-attack. I think that's a threat with Arsenal, especially with sort of Granite Xhaka in the middle, who's not the fastest. Um, we, were, we were trying to bang on the door. We definitely was trying to get forward, but we just came up today against a team that all they had to, they already had their lead in the first three minutes. So therefore it's down to us to try and break them down. They had nothing to go forward for. They didn't have to take any risk or taking chances because they were trying to protect their lead. So in that sense, it's kind of, we was, we can't, we find it very hard to break down teams. We, we have done since Mikel Arteta has come into to Arsenal. Um, we cannot break teams down. It is very hard when they go defensive. Um, and with the culmination of him not kind of changing his tactics, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, it, it was just like you said, a very difficult first half that it just wasn't clicking for us. It just it didn't get there. No, definitely not. And I think one thing that is going to happen, if everybody would like it to, uh, that uh, oh, I've just realised as Chris has messaged me to say he wanted to come on, that I can't DM him on Twitter, so I'm going to have to find another alternative place to do it. And I'm not even joking. Uh, I completely forgot how, how to get hold of Chris if it's not on Twitter. Um, but yeah, yeah well, I, I, think that I will try and email it to him. I, I know I'll WhatsApp it to him. Uh, when I'm on, I, I, I waffle on why you do that. So um, I think in the second half, we played a, little, a, a tiny little bit better. I was... I don't know if I was hoping for any half-time changes. I think it was more... I think Arteta needed to give them a kick up the backside. Um, I mean, we came out in the second half, and I think the second half we played so much better. Um, there were still opportunities for us to get the goal, and I think we tried and tried and tried um, to knock down that door. But as I said, if Villa's protecting their lead, then there's, there's no point uh, for them to try and go forward. So it came up it got to a point where we literally was trying to break down six people in defence. Um, it was very hard. It was almost a tough watch as well because there were so many times that I felt like we could have done something and it was just like a misplaced pass or um, not concentrating. I thought our passing was not very good today at all. Um, unfortunately, Partey today, which I think he played better than he did uh, against Wolves, but again today he wasn't the party that we kind of I don't know expect or wanted to see. I think that Saka was trying, he's huffing and puffing all his might um, to try and get forward, and even Pepe Pepe had uh, a few shots uh, on on goal, but it just wasn't. I don't know for some reason it wasn't clicking, and then. 
Um, one of the talking points that we'll probably mention before we talk about the substitutions is uh, the Lacazette and uh, penalty appeal. Like I don't now like, we've seen the replays so many times. Like and there's no one here that can tell me that that is not a penalty for Arsenal. Like you've got Martin, you're in the box. Martinez pulls Lacazette down, and then um, oh look, it's Christopher. Hello, Chris. <laughs> carry on, um, Cal, carry on, please. <laughs> so I don't understand how Martinez can pull a player down, and then the referee says it's a foul against the goalkeeper. And even if the referee does think that, that's fine because the referee okay didn't see it. How does that not go to VAR? This is the reason why we have VAR. This is the reason why. Um, video assistant referee has come in to take a look at some of those things. So I don't understand. I'm glad Chris has jumped in now because he's here. So you tell me why that decision does not go to VAR to be looked at. I, I personally think that is absolutely ridiculous. And I said it in our group that it's almost like the referees are not even trying to hide that they're so biased against Arsenal because they didn't even check it. It was just like a, a non-incident and they kept it moving. So one of you two, please explain to me how that decision, one, gets missed, and then two, doesn't go to VAR. Go on, Chris. Go for it. Oh, God. I, I just, where, do I, where do I even begin? <laughs> Apologies, first of all. Sorry for, uh, for, for jumping the gates and, and doing a run-in here. Um, so we're talking about the... the, the yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few decisions. You're, you're right, Carl. I, you know me. I have a my heart beats strong for Emmy Martinez. I love the guy, but it's a penalty. Like end of story. Keepers are protected species in this in this in this modern world. You you basically if you're a goalkeeper, if you've got gloves on, you can do what the fuck you want. Absolutely fine, no problem. Pull jerseys, headbutt people, pull the nuts. Doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. The one you mentioned earlier on, Josh, the the foul when is it Consa? Clogser, yeah. as I'll call him. The guy is absolute trash. The guy is the guy is trash. He's championship level at best. And that was the sort of defending he does on Saka. So that's it, people say, oh, he's not through on goal. Have you seen how quick Saka is? He's mm -hmm. through on goal. He's at the very, very least getting a shot away there. What happens, referee? Who, by the way, I'll just put what I put in the chat earlier on. I don't even care. I'll just say it as it is. This referee is that kid who wanks into a sock and gets his mum to lick it dry. He is. He. This guy, this guy, this, I, I don't even know the, what's his name? I don't even know. He. He's a massive virgin. This is one of the worst referees I have ever seen. Just look at his face. He's scared to referee games. He's scared to make decisions. When he booked Jack Grealish in the second half, he almost apologised for booking him. What, because he likes his hair? Because he likes his calves? Because he's cute? He's got a nice bum? Like, just do your job, you fraud. I, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts this week when they were talking about the Wolves game, and I'm 100%, like, I, I completely agree. I think it was James from Gunnerblog was saying the same. I hate blaming referees, right? Don't get it twisted. We, as a football club right now, we are dog shit. If you, if you think anything other than that, I, I don't think you've, you've watched football very long. I don't think you kind of grasp the concept. We have lost home and away to an Aston Villa side that hasn't had to break sweat against us twice. Villa scored and then went, what do we do? I know, we'll sit in our own box because this lot have got nothing. And guess what? We had nothing. I, I know we'll come on to individual players later on. I'm sorry to rant. But when, you, when, you, when you're not very good anyway, 
and you're getting decisions given against you like that. And, and let's not forget as well, the same Virgin referee, get, not only did he not give the penalty, he gave the free kick against Lacazette. For what? <laughs> so, so, for what? For having his shirt pulled. Okay, I'd love I'd love to read the referee's report on that. Yes, I booked the uh, the French striker because he plays for Arsenal. So uh, that's all. Um, because I, you know, I said I'm sorry to rant, but I'm 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 really clinging on and and I, to 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 watch games at the moment. I'm really clinging on, like like everyone in the world. I'm finding it really hard because it's just. There's too much football at the moment. I'm just getting totally disenfranchised with the game right now. But I'm trying really hard to find the positives. But when you've got when you've got officiating this bad, and and it's not just Arsenal. You know, Southampton had it the other night as well. Funnily enough, got their their red card overturned. But you know, we won't go there. Um, it just doesn't help. So I'm going to shut up now because I've got that off my chest. Thanks. <laughs> That's all right, and I think kind of everybody needed it as well. Just. Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people in chat boxes and a lot of comments getting talking about the referees is boring. You know, it's getting exhausting that we're having to do it. But that's the problem. We shouldn't have to talk about it. And whilst you say we are shit in most cases, we couldn't create anything against this side. We have this problem that the referees aren't helping us. Not that they should be helping us, but they should be giving us at least a level playing field. I mean, we'll go into the second half now. And one of the one of the only things I can really remember from that second half, because it was basically passing and trying to break down that Villa defence, was the Thomas Party yellow card on uh, from Marvellous Macamba, who there's no contact with him. He just screams. And as a yellow card. And I know we've shouted at Danny Ceballos on this podcast and on you know various different outlets going, why does he always scream when he goes down? It's because it gets players booked. That's why. And we, Carl, do you think we're missing that kind of edge? Or do we even need to stoop to that level? And should the rest of the game kind of come up to our level? Well, unfortunately, if, if everyone's playing at the lower level like that, then we can't be seen to be taking the moral high ground and getting no decisions against for us. I mean, it happened in the FA Cup against uh, Newcastle, didn't it? When... Um, Emil Smith Rowe got sent off because the player shouted and the referee took out his um, red card straight away and sent off um, Smith Rowe. And then obviously VAR probably said, or oh, maybe you need to go and look at it. And then he rescinded the red card. It wasn't even a yellow, to be honest, but he just booked him just because. Um, so it happens all the time, doesn't it? Let's be honest. And, you know, I want to say that Arsenal should take the moral high ground. I want to say that Arsenal should, you know, you know, no, everyone's got to raise their stuff up to our level. But if everyone's playing in the dirt, then sometimes we need to play in the dirt as well, uh, unfortunately. And it's just it's just ridiculous. Like you said, we're not asking for special favours from any referee. We're asking for a level playing field. We're asking you to referee the game fairly and then not doing it, unfortunately. It's just... And like, like again, like you said, like you and Chris Bro said, Talking about referees is getting boring now. We shouldn't be on this podcast for the last 15 minutes talking about referees. We should be talking about the Arsenal game, but we're talking about how bad referees referee the game. I mean, I'll put in the group, um, you know, the the um, compilation of bad refereeing decisions that Arsenal have had over, God knows, the last year, I think it was. And it's just getting bad now. It's getting ridiculous. And I know... I don't know what truth in this, but didn't Southampton threaten to take the FA to court because of 
some of the decisions that happen, and that's how the FA. Well, again, I don't know if it's true, but the FA then rescinded obviously their red card. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should. And I know every club, every club in the Premier League could have a compilation of how bad decisions go against them. But and again, like I said, I know this happens to every club. But it just seems because maybe I'm more protected affiliated with Arsenal, it just seems how bad uh decisions go against Arsenal. And then maybe we should start doing that. Saying to um the FA, you know, this is ridiculous. Like we need to take it to court to show how bad some decisions are. Maybe we would get um, some decisions going our way. And I'm not advocating doing that. I'm not because I think that I don't want to throw my toys at the pram and be like, oh, well, we're not getting decisions our way, so we're going to go crying. But it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous that we're sitting here talking about how bad the referee has been for the last two games. Not even just one, it's not even just a one-off game. It's the last two games. And it's just, yeah, it, it's just bad. And uh, it doesn't help when Arsenal, uh, unfortunately, play <laughs> play dog shit football as well. Um, and it makes it even harder to talk about football, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, the second half wasn't... I mean, we knocked on the door and we tried and we tried and we tried, but we just, I don't know. Like you said, Villa had no reason to break. They were trying to protect their lead. So, of course, they're going to be defensive. I would expect nothing else from them. Um, if I'm really honest, and you know, some of Arteta's uh substitutions left questions. I said the same thing against Wolves as well. Some of his um substitutions against Wolves were questionable at best, and I think it's the same today. Um, William is not at the moment very good, and it seems like Arteta is trying his best to play William into form. Um, I think Chris mentioned it in our group that. He's not changed. He brings a different personnel, but doesn't change the system. Now, if you're, if Villa are literally camping in their own half, not trying to get out, then why not put two strikers on? But he doesn't. It takes a Lacazette to put on. Um, it takes a Lacazette to put on Abamyang. Now, I personally would have gone with Abamyang and Lacazette both up front, but he doesn't change the system. And I know probably Chris wants to get on to uh, Mikel Arteta and his uh, tactics. Yeah, I think I'd first say, trying to think what the first substitution was, it was Lacazette for Abamian. So yeah, let's go through that one. And I think Lacazette looked like he had a quiet game. He was just completely, you know, marked out of it and we just couldn't get the ball through to him. So Chris, what did you make of uh, Abamian coming on in that? sense you think it was the right player to come off the bench not necessarily replacing the uh the player we'd want at that moment no no um is the short answer to that i'd have brought odegaard on first because i didn't i didn't feel like i don't feel like the problem today was was lacazette's movement he he didn't really get the ball and when he did get the ball as as you were saying and carl was saying he was largely marked out of the game but what he needed was another runner he needed somebody else who was going to take on somebody when Saka was getting in on that right-hand side in the first half, we were looking decent and, and the same with Pepe. And I would have gone with, with a more creative player in the middle. Like, I love Emma Smith, I really do. I think he's I think he's going to have a, a big future, but he was quiet today. And I think we speculated in the group, like when the substitution was, was going to be made even after Arbo had come on, it, was, it seemed a strange one to leave him out there. So I would have gone with Erdogan or, or at the very sort of, if you wanted to go different, I'd have brought Martinelli on. Um, move Saka to left back as they did, and because we needed pace. And I don't know whether you want to talk about the 
the large 14 shaped thing in the room at this point but um <laughs> i think he's done i think he's done and and i'm very very worried that we have just we've just shipped out for overpriced oh joe willick's just scored on his debut for newcastle yes yeah he couldn't <laughs> Um, I just wonder. I wonder if we've um, if we've if we've gone and done it again, you know. And I'm not. I'm not criticising Aubameyang. You know, obviously he's gone through some personal issues recently, and, and that's that's that, that's nothing to do with football. Um, but if he's not in the right frame of mind, he shouldn't be in the squad. And if he's in the squad, then he should be ready to perform. And I thought he came on today and did the square root of fuck all. You know, and and the thing that the thing that really worries me about him at the moment when he comes on is. He looks to me like a striker who doesn't want to shoot. You know, he looks to me like a striker who avoids who avoids heading the ball at every possible opportunity. He always goes. He does that thing. You've played Sunday League, Josh. You, you know when when you well, you might not know this, but I know this. When you're not very good and you're sort of trying to make it look like you want the ball, but secretly you kind of hope it doesn't come anywhere near you. I feel like he's doing that whenever we put crosses in, which I mean that's a debate for another. You know, I know I know it's the cross at the back, which you know things you love to see. Let's cross it into a team that doesn't head head the ball. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I just I just I worry about Aubameyang and and the the amount of people that were sitting in the you know in in the chat sort of pre season and and the early start of the season. Oh, Aubameyang's got to play centre forward. You know, Lacazette shit. He's this. He's that. Well, how how's that working out for you? How how's how that going? Because he's not a central striker. He doesn't do a very good job as a, as a central striker. He doesn't hold the ball up well enough. He doesn't bring other players into play well enough. He's not a, he's not a poacher. You know, he's not like an Inketia where he's just going to finish the six yard box. He's a player who likes to receive the ball and 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 cut in. You know, he, but he, he's he's not he's not in enough form for you to. You need a player who's gonna who's gonna do the donkey work, which is what Lacazette's been doing. You know, and I'm not. I'm not saying Lacquer is the answer. I'm not saying that he's, you know, given another seven-year contract or anything like it. You know, he's he's had a, a mixed few weeks as well. But Alba was, he just didn't affect the game today. And let's not forget that's our captain. You know, mm. I, I say I'm not. I'm not criticising him to the degree of saying I'm not saying he's crap or anything. Like this, but I just, I just worry that we've invested 400k a week into a player who has now, his form hasn't just slid. It's it's been thrown off a cliff, wrapped around a brick, covered in concrete. You know, it's just it's a little bit worrying. Like, and I just I felt today to answer your question, um, yeah, the substitution was was poor, and and uh, as were most of the substitutions. I'm sure, we'll come on to a, a certain Brazilian later. Yeah, um, yeah, not not the one that we we would hope to come in who has shown he's got aerial presence as well. Um, Scoring, what was it? Did he scored four. Was it his first five goals? Four of them were headers for us when he came in under Emery. He scored Sounds a lot there. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's some things you need to have a look at in terms of, you know, what this isn't the Abamyang that was at Dortmund, um, and he had a hell of a lot more space as well. Uh, that Dortmund side was a break in pace. Um, we didn't let Villa come on to us to even give Aubameyang the opportunity to show what he was was able to do because there are questions whether or not he can still do those things. But as we say, um, Aubameyang coming on didn't make much change. We'll go into the next substitution because I don't really think anything happened between them, which was Cedric coming off and uh, was it 
uh, if I get the sub the right way around. Uh, so we saw Saka move to left back. Cole, what did you feel about um, Cedric's performance during the game? Um, Unfortunately, it was poor. I think, obviously, what happened in the first half was in everybody's minds, and he had a few definitely misplaced passes. Uh, one I can remember between him and Lacazette uh, was a really bad misplaced pass, and I think Lacazette could have been in if uh, Cedric had picked the right pass. Um, it made sense, in a way, because our left side was very, very uh, attacking. Um, although... Uh, although Saka went to left back, you could call him. Uh, he's playing wing back, um, a very attacking wing back, um, and it was good that he could overlap uh, with Pepe as well. Because if you've got Saka and Pepe on, on that side, you're clearly you, you know that that side is uh, going to be the most attacking, potent threat. So for me, that did make sense. Um, unfortunately, I just feel that nothing changed. So you, you, you didn't change the system. Um, I mean, we've spoken about that, you know, if you're playing with a team that's got six people at the back and you've got one man up facing six people, it makes no sense. It is very difficult. You need someone to play off. And if he had played, um, said to Odegaard, go almost a second striker, um, then maybe it would have been a little bit better, but he just still played in that hole that he put um, Emil Smith Rowe on the right, didn't he? I'm sure he did. Because yeah, Smith Rowe went to the right, right. yeah, he went to the right hand side. So it wasn't like he, he kept in the middle. And it's just, it just got frustrating that you know we brought on new personnel, which is really really good, but we didn't change the system, uh, unfortunately. So then all Villa did was double up on the left there, right, our left-hand side. And there's a few times that Emil Smith-Rowe was left by himself. I believe there was a, um, a cross that came in and Aubameyang went for the ball and Emil Smith-Rowe was literally unmarked in the box. No one around him and would have scored a tapping. But um, unfortunately, um, Aubameyang went for the ball and it was just, I don't know, I, I did begin to get frustrated because... Bring on new personnel, that's fine. And it's brilliant that you can change personnel with for more attacking personnel. It was really good. But we just change the system. And I think not changing the system is what hurt us. Yeah, I think for me, overall, Chris, unless you want to come in on it, was that we kept bringing on creators and not bringing on any finishers. And so the net result was we still only had one guy that knew how to put the ball in the back of the net. And yeah, did you feel there was anything different you saw from... Uh, from Arsenal after these kind of um, the substitutes we make, I said Partey coming off as well with what looks like an injury to be replaced by that Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. Was um, I was didn't Ketia on the bench today? I didn't see. Presumably no, wasn't. no, he wasn't. And, and Danny Ceballos is now fully fit according to his Instagram. No one near the squad. Mm-hmm. Reese Nelson scores the under twenty threes last night. No one near the squad. Cool. Um. Yeah, just yeah. Again, just it's it's part of what's frustrating me so much about this team at the moment. We just we we've got so many average players, and like, let me ask you a question: If Newcastle had William right now, would you look at would you would you think that would be sort of about that level? 
Like, would you go, okay, I can sort of see that, well, you know? <laughs> I think uh, Williams below the Newcastle level, I'll be very honest with you, because if you look at um, Maximum, uh, yeah, uh, Maximo, Max, yeah. Um, he is better than William, isn't he? He's yeah, much better than William. So, you can, if you comp- yeah, if you want to compare sort of wingers, you have to compare him to Saint Maximum, and he's much um, Ma- Saint Maximum is much better than William. I but don't isn't, really isn't, at the moment. Isn't that so the problem? Isn't that the problem? We bought we bought William thinking he's a winger when he hasn't been a, been a winger for about eight years because he's not well, a winger, is he? He's got no pace. He's got. I, I don't think he's got any tricks. He's he's very technically good, and he's the sort of player that that arrives in the box, you know, onto a, a late a late challenge. Sam's just put in the chat box. Williams at MLF's level at, at best. I, I I slightly disagree with that, but he's 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 pushing Liga Nos, um, you know, top end Liga, bottom end Bundesliga for me. I, I just I, I think at this level he, I don't know. I. I Yet another player we fished out of Chelsea's bins, who's mm. who's not, you know. And I, I was, I was one of the ones that that thought actually, I was, I was never really a fan of the of the three year contract, but I did look at the deal and thought, yeah, okay, because I, I thought we were buying him as a number ten, you know. Yeah, it, that was everyone thought that. Everyone thought that he was coming in as yeah. a number ten, and I think you have to understand that. Obviously, when you get to what is he thirty one. Of course, your legs go. He's been playing football for God knows how long. Is he that hasn't thirty-one in Nigerian years, though, or is that thirty-one in Brazilian years? It don't may, know. it may. Well <laughs> I mean, but it's just ridiculous that I'm not going to say Arteta knows. I like to think Arteta knows what he's doing, and playing him on the wing is not working. But no. he keeps doing it. And it's like I said in our group, like it's almost like he's trying to play him into good form. It's almost like he wants to keep him playing and keep him playing him. He'll score a goal and then be like, oh, look, I told you, I told you. But he has done nothing at all. I think there was a stat going around that we may have changed now that he's only had two shots on target in like 20 odd games. That is yeah, ridiculous. That is, that's. I think even Gabriel, our centre backs, had more shots on target. So if, if, than shots on target. He's got three goals for us, Gabriel. He, he, I think. he fed he fed off Eden Hazard, didn't he? He made he made a career at Chelsea off the back of Eden Hazard's best form because he, he was made, that secondary uh, creator. Yeah, he made a career at Chelsea being good with free kicks and coming off the bench and doing that bit of moment that goes viral on YouTube because he scores a free kick from 25 yards that wins them the game. Was but he there under Mourinho as well? Was, was Mourinho there when was he Mourinho signed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That explains something to me. So. Or a, um, it might have been Ancelotti. He's definitely mm. there for second season Mourinho or second um, period Mourinho anyway. And he's one of those players that he's never been an outstanding talent, which is where I got confused when, because I was saying before um, we were even, we even signed him. It was an odd signing unless we were going to play him at number eight. And we were yeah. going to play with two number eights because he's got that kind of uh, And if And if you're one nil down, if you're one nil down at Villa and you turn mm. and look at your bench and you look at Martinelli, raw, exciting, talented, direct, pacey, uh, a trick, and then you look at William mm. snuggled up you know, like this on the bench going, oh, I'm cold. Like, do you know what I mean? That, that's the bit that I don't quite understand. If if you, Smith Rowe has, has come in and, and injected that energy 
you know, Martinelli must be sat on the bench today going, well, what the fuck? Like, what, what, why? You know, it's, it's, it's not like we brought on, Partey was injured. It's not like we brought on Pablo Mari to sit in, in a back three and go defensive. We brought on an attacking change. And, you know, yeah. and I'm not, it's not like Willian didn't do anything today. He tried to get involved. I'm not saying he didn't. He, he clearly did. But he's not a player who's going to come on with 10 minutes to go, burn past a fullback and swing in across. He's a player who, as you say, you might win a free kick. Yeah. You might get him to take a free kick. He might get on the end of a corner, but he's not He's not a I game changer. No, I think the only thing he changes is by when he comes on, he's quite good at, you know, swap, switching places with other people in that front three or four so that they then take up the place. Yeah, so he'll never actually be the one on the ball, but he'll do the job of, say, Smith Rowe comes in. I remember under Sarri, he played uh, in that false nine position. Uh, whilst Hazard was out or they were playing Hazard out on the wing. He has that very good trait of being able to interchange with players, but he's not the one that's interchanging for a reason. He's the guy of, oh, I'll slide in whilst Smith Rowe is going and doing something with the ball or Pepe's out there or Saka's out there. I'll go and cover for them. That's what he does good for us. But I don't think we nearly needed that at that point. It seems like a little bit of, um, I know we're going to say, we can kind of tie Arteta to a number of different managers he's played under. I think at the end, it looked like we had, you know, like an Arsene Wenger style, throw all the creators on, but no finishers. But it seemed like it was also a bit of like a David Moyes of, uh, well, we don't still don't want to concede. And if you bring Martelli on, he might not get back. He might not cover as well as Willian does. But what's 2-0 to 1-0? I lost. bet he would. I bet he would. Because he does work back. That's, mm. that's, that's the best part of his game, Martinelli. He, he works like a... He works like a, well, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but he he works hard, you know. I just, I don't know, I I, I just don't think it's one of those moves that if he quietly goes to China in the summer, nobody's really going to care, are they? And and unfortunately, it's going to be another loss of money. But yeah. the thing is, is he, he? Why would he? China's not paying players as they were um, back in the day, and he's sitting pretty on a on a contract that he's getting paid is going to be his last contract because you can just see that his, his heart's not in it. You can just see it. He's, he can't be bothered. So why would he not just sit here for three years, collect his money, retire back to Brazil or wherever and, and just be nice? Um, I don't understand why he didn't bring on Martellini. And again, it's just Martellini was sitting on the bench. I mean, because all the players must know, all the players know that he's shit, he's good, he's blah, blah, blah. And he must be sitting there thinking... This guy has done nothing all season. I work my ass off and I don't get a game or I don't come on. Like, he didn't come on against Wolves, did he? No, he didn't. No, but then we did have two players sent off against Wolves. So I think that's one of the reasons we didn't see someone like Odegaard come on for a couple of minutes. Purely because, you know, we still bring he, didn't, he came on against Wolves, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, last throw of the dice again. And imagine, imagine, imagine you're Mikel Arteta, and you have to look Reese Nelson in the eye tomorrow morning and go, "All right, Reese, how's it going? Yeah, I, I, I picked that other guy because he's he's better than you." Like, imagine, you know, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm, wrong, I'm not saying Reese Nelson is, you know, is is Riyad Mahrez, but you know, like, I think we, the, yeah, I think in the summer we kind of have a look and try and. I don't think Arteta and Edu were the kind of people that try and save face and try and persevere with someone like Willian. It is very much a see you later. We'll, well, we'll find someone. I hope, I hope so. I hope well, so. Why is he playing with him? Like, yeah, why exactly. is he, you know, he yeah. that. I understand what you're saying, Josh. I do totally do. But why is he still playing? Um, yeah. 
William, you think you're like, you know what? I'm gonna give you a little rest, like, um, and to then the bring in, like, like you said, mm-hmm. bring in um, Martellini. I mean, oh. yes, I think Martellini at the moment. I don't think it's a hundred percent fit. I'll be very honest with you. Um, okay. And I think you got a Nelson as well. Like, you think you say, do you know what? Okay, Nelson, I'm gonna give you a run. Like, mm-hmm. show me what you can do. Like, here's here's your time now. Show me what you can do because it's no, it's not going to be no worse than William, is he? William's created nothing and, and not scoring in at all. So, surely bringing someone else in can't be any worse than nothing happening. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like that guy because, I, you know, everyone knows I'm old, I am old, but you know, God, God bless him, God rest his soul. If I was talking to, to someone like Steve about this, Steve would, would be the sort of person that, that I would agree with on this, and he would say. What happened last night? You know, the under-23s played, okay? And in, in that under-23s side, you had Reese Nelson played and um, following Balogun played, right, and captains the under-23s. Now, I know there's this debate about his contract and is he going to stay and is he not? And, you know, do you invest in a player if you know that he's going to walk away for free and yada, yada, yada. But he's playing well for the under-23s. Now, in the old days, um, to quote Steve, you 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 know, in like the George Graham era, for example, I know football's moved on, but a player could play brilliantly for the under-23s on a Friday night and make the squad on a Saturday. But because we're all so wrapped up in this modern-day bullshit of, oh, they're in the red zone. Oh, well, they might need their toenails clipped tomorrow, so we'll have to give them a rest. Or they might need a little, little rub down because they might be tired. If you gave any of those under-23 players last night the opportunity to come into that squad today, they would come in and they'd burn their ass off for 20 minutes. We're not talking about bringing, you know, Nelson or Balogun in for, you know, for the full 90 minutes. We're not saying I need to play back-to-back games like you do Sunday league or whatever. We're saying, like, 24 hours later, you know, stick him on the bench. Like, yeah, it's a like, reward, wasn't it? it was yeah, it's, You sit exactly. on the bench. You don't, you don't actually play, but you sit on the yeah. bench for the first team. Yeah, but, it, but you know what? If for 20 minutes to go we're struggling and we're in the mud, sod it, let's chuck you on. You know that, that that's and that I say I don't know where Enketia was today. Is he even injured? I don't, I don't know. Why is he not making the bench? You know, I, shit, I, so, uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, he's not. He's, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. He, again, I don't think he's the answer. And, and again, if you know somebody offered us twenty million, yeah, you'd move him on. But he's an option. You know, he's better than a player who like Aubameyang shouldn't be near this squad if he's still, you know, emotionally affected. And I, I'm I'm happy to see him back like everybody else is. It's good to see him smiling again. Nobody wants to see players go through personal shit but if you've got personal shit a month off see ya fuck off stay away from the squad get, go go away get your head right don't come back and sit on the bench and then give us 20 minutes of fuck all because that's not there's no good that's no good to us you know we've lost back-to-back games to i'll repeat walls and aston villa you know, and I know it's a crazy season and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, we'll probably elaborate more on this in a, in a podcast where it's more relevant other than a game. But we won a couple of games and everybody, uh, you know, oh, I imagine, because I'm not on Twitter, <laughs> but everybody... You? No, I'm not. No. Everybody went over the fucking top again, didn't they? Everything's fine. We're all great. The world's fantastic. We've got rid of Mustafi. We've taken Kalasnach out the back and shot him. Erzul's been shipped off in a crate to Turkey. Everything's fantastic again. Oh, wait. Two weeks later, we're playing dog shit football again. We're playing repeat football again. We're playing tactically inept football again with the same crappy players. Half our players are getting injured once again, mysteriously. Uh, we can't defend again. Bellerin's shit. Uh, the goalkeeper's injured. You know, 
oh god it's just it's just rinse repeat yeah it's so it's so tiring and when you have a you know when you have a manager who is let's please let's not forget this i'm not having a go at him but he is learning on the job at the biggest club in london that is not good enough sorry i had to sorry all right let's should we jump onto one of the positives i think from the game because oh, I think there, is one. there is one um i think he's uh what want to say he's short he's australian and he was in a bright pink kit for most of the game uh was matty ryan who what did you make of his debut carl i thought it was quite good i'll be very honest with you i think he was very unlucky not to save the goal very unlucky because uh, he nearly got there and he made some very very good saves especially the one um the chip um which was yeah. very very good reactionary save like absolutely brilliant so i thought he had a very good debut to be honest um that goal that we conceded, it wasn't his fault. That genuinely wasn't his fault. Um, and I think he done well to try and get there. But he made some very, very good saves. He, um, he was commanding in the area. I think today um, he did himself justice. I think he um, rose to the challenge, I think, definitely. And, you know, I mean, obviously he's going to lose his place uh, the next game because Leonard's only banned for one game, I believe. Um, so... I wouldn't be unhappy to see him in the Europa League. I don't think he's going to play in the Europa League. I think we are going to definitely going to play Leno, but I'm not as worried as uh, I was when Randerson was our backup. I think we've got a... Well, I can, I'm a, can only judge him on one game. Um, but, you know, there is a reason why he lost his place in the Brighton team. But as far as right now, I think he had a very good game. It was... Um, a strong game. He didn't do anything wrong, didn't do anything rash. Um, and apart from that goal, I would say he was a solid seven slash eight out of ten. Yeah, Chris, it uh, looks like you agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we, I uh, think the, this whole sort of thing about the was uh, Renison brought in as a number two or a number three, the talk of David Raya, yada, yada, yada. I think you know. I think it's fair to say Rinderson is is a is a number three at best and is a work in progress. You know, and again, we needed a goalkeeper. We took we took a gamble, is what we did. You know, I don't think he's a terrible goalkeeper. He obviously had that awful night against Man City, and that's the sort of thing that can end a, a young goalkeeper's career. And and I think you probably I think that's probably the way it's going to go. I don't think he's an awful an awful goalkeeper, but also I don't think he's anywhere near a Premier League level goalkeeper. Um, Matt Ryan is. Is your archetypal Guillaume Varmouts, uh, Rami Shaban, uh, you know, insert other, you know, uh, Scott Carson, Richard Wright, insert other name here. Good, dependable backup. And um, and yeah, I, I, I'm in a weird way, I was almost disappointed he had to play so well today because that implied that we had quite a lot of shots against us. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, he's, he's good. And and I thought that the one thing I liked about him is he got better throughout the game. You know, and a, a goal on your debut against your team you supported as a kid. Um, by the way, Ollie Watkins did all he could to miss that. I thought that BT, BT were, were creaming themselves over at, what is it, Martin Keown um, described it as a, what, how did he describe it? Um, oh, what was the word you, emphatic finish. He mishit it, Martin, by the way. You know, I know we've got a rhetoric to, to paint on for live TV, but my God. Um, but yeah, I thought Matt Ryan really recovered well from that. I thought he commanded his area pretty well. 
and you could hear he's quite vocal uh, despite the awful beaky sound effects and um yeah i think he's as exactly what carl said he's a he's an able deputy deputy and um when leno inevitably breaks his neck in a horrific fall against pauk shopping basket in the next round of the europa league we might need him so yeah i think he's uh he's he's a probably a goalkeeper that if we can't get um, a quote-unquote high-level number two in the summer, I'd probably look to make that one permanent. Yeah, I'd completely agree. And to be honest, I wouldn't look outside for another goalkeeper. I think it's just almost like wasting resources. If Ryan wants to stay, sign him up. Um, because we've got other positions we need to look at. Is there was a couple of... Um, yeah, right in the summer. This is the, yeah. Look, yeah, there's one reason why he was dropped down to fourth-choice goalkeeper at Brighton. And- um, and also, David Raya would want to be first choice. Surely, he's at the peak of his career. He, he isn't going to come and want to come in and be a number two to Bert Leno for six years, is he? So, no. And I just on Matt Ryan. Yeah, there was a couple of nerve wracking things from me, but then I've seen a lot of Ryan's game. I know how he cut, tends to get beaten. That Triore save is how he tends to get caught out. Um, is that he's very high up in his boxing positioning can be a little bit odd. Um, but he generally is agile enough to get out of those situations, let's put it that way. Um, unlike Runderson, when you know his positioning is just bad and doesn't have the ability to get back and compensate, I think, for second-choice goalkeeper, it was a great game from him. And just everything I kind of expected. And I think a 7 or a 8 seemed kind of fair because there wasn't... He didn't do anything that was like match saving for us. I think he was just very dependable, very good. And the way he kind of cleared shots as well, I think it's one of those that you don't necessarily realise when you watch Leno week in, week out. You realise he's not great at it, but until you see someone in that Arsenal team doing better, you don't necessarily draw attention to it as much. That was something that was really, really clear for us, was that when he did save it, it was gone. It was completely Pushes it out. away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a point that you've made a couple of times on Leno, but it's a bit like seeing is believing. And you yeah. see other goalkeepers do it, but there's so many different situations and scenarios which you see them in the Arsenal shirt pushing that ball away. Well, you know, they're, they're training every day with each other and Leno's going to start bringing that into his game. And so I think that's one of the great things from here. Um I was going to ask the chat box if there was any questions, pop them in there. Uh, I haven't seen many at the moment, um, but if you do have any, pop them in. Uh, we've been going for nearly an hour. We want to get some more uh, questions in. But where do you think we go from here, Carl? Um, I'm trying to think who we've got next. Uh, it's that sad. It's not Benfica, is it? Is it Benfica in the week? No, I was literally just looking now. Oh, you know. <laughs> But uh, we have. I think it is, isn't it? Champions League next week. I think it is. No, Leeds. Uh, FA Cups next week. Oh, Leeds. Oh, Leeds. Leeds, oh, Leeds next Sunday. Oh, um, the world's greatest team, Leeds. Leeds next Sunday, and then Benfica after that. Excellent. So yeah, um, yeah. How do you how do you feel? We kind of bring that back. Leeds is very much. Um, I don't want to go down the line of like little punny things but um Jekyll and Hyde you're not sure which Leeds turns up um, that's the thing like yeah. you said Josh with Leeds it's either going to be attack 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 with no defence or Bielsa is going to tell them what to do and they're going to um absolutely 
take out his instructions to the actual to, to the point. Um, with my Arsenal hat on, I want to say we beat Leeds at home. I, I, I really do want to say that, but like you said, it depends what if Leeds turn up, they're going to give us a, an extremely good game, an extremely good game. And as you said, I just don't think at the moment we've got enough firepower uh, to to break down Leeds. I think. Bamford, I don't think he's the world's greatest striker, but his movement is very, very good. I think he's, um, his movement is very good. Uh, it can cause us problems. I, do you know what I mean? I'm sitting here right now saying that I think Leeds are going to give us a problem at home. That should not... How far have we fallen to the point that I'm worried about playing Leeds at home? That's, that's ridiculous. That's just very, very silly um, for a team like Arsenal to be worried about Leeds, it's just silly, but we have to play better. I mean, I don't think that Louise comes straight back into the squad. I think Leno does. I think maybe at home you may drop uh, Smith Rowe and, and start um, Gun. not Gun. Why did I say Gunnison? I don't know why. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you play, uh, you maybe start Odegaard, maybe you rest Saka and play Aubameyang from the start and see what happens. Arteta's got something to think about. He's definitely got stuff to think about, but the last two games that we've lost, he has to change something. What that something is, I don't know. Maybe he's going to be forced into a change because of Partey. He looks like he was pointing to his hamstring when he went off, which obviously doesn't look good and if Partey doesn't play then he has to bring in Ceballos probably um, or maybe he starts Odegaard in that number 8 role I don't know whether he's um, he can play that number 8 role but maybe you know just for a little attacking uh, prowess you start you go full attacking you start Odegaard in the normal front four you know who, who knows what Arteta's thinking but it's all about whether I think a lot does depend on Partey. If Partey's fit, then obviously Partey plays. And if he's not fit, it depends on who comes in to replace him. Cool. Uh, anything different on that, Chris, from you? Or we've got one question, I think, at the moment. Um, no, I think Carl's spot on. And by Partey, there was a, when he came off, he sort of went over to Arteta, sort of went across to him and he did that motion, which usually means, has it gone? And Partey nodded. So that suggests to me that there's a muscular injury injury there. And I know some people are like, oh, we've rushed him back again and stuff. But we, like, we, I think, I think we've been, been careful this year. People have to remember as well, this is a guy who's come from La Liga, which is a very, very different league. Um, you know, it's going to take a little while and you do get these players that, well, basically, as soon as you sign for Arsenal, it's in the fine print at the bottom. You must mm-hmm. receive at least four injuries in your first season and then slowly escalate up as you pr- proceed your career until eventually you go away on a free transfer and, and then re-sign with a broken back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, it's written in the stars that as soon as you sign a top-level player, he'll be injured every week. But, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait to see the... Uh, the El Nene Shaka or Sabayas Shaka axis once again. I've been looking forward to that day. So uh, yeah, that'll be that, that, that'll be fun once again. Oh, we can we can welcome it back for sure. I think in the coming weeks. Uh, so our question is from I Claudius, who's on Twitch. Well, I think we'll have a go at this, but I'll go to you first, Chris. Is there anything Arteta can do to make the team better at dealing with rotational fouling and getting unfair yellow and red cards? Because nine red red. Uh, nine reds in a single year is a joke. 
No, I, I, I don't think there is because, you know, there's a lot of things you can improve as, as a manager. But um, no, I mean, you, you, you can't. It's like Carl said at the start. We're not coming on here saying everybody's, you know, we're not saying it's all Arsenal because it, it's not. Our referees are a bit corrupt. Debatable. Are they actually educated in the laws of the game? Certainly not. Is VAR being used the correct way? No. So, you know, you can't change that. I, I thought, to be fair, I thought Arteta took the, the Luis situation in good grace. I thought he could have said a lot worse and a lot more and probably got himself a hefty fine. I thought he, he took that fairly well. But um, no, we, we've been saying for years we want an Arsenal team that's going to gonna kick and scratch and claw its way out of situations. And, and we've got that now. And we're being punished for it. But the irony is we're not actually getting punished for those sort of challenges. We're getting punished for stupid, niggly, off the ball or, you know, or in some cases like Wednesday, no challenges at all. I think the only thing you, you can really do is, like Carl said, you've got to be smarter with it. You know, you've got to, you've got to be a bit more clever with the dark arts now. And, and you've the thing, the thing is, and I'll, I'll always say this about referees, if you go out and, and I'll, I'll apply this to the Wolves game of the night, if you go out and you start the game like we did against Wolves and you go 3-0 up, it doesn't matter what a referee does because you've won the game. It's irrelevant. But if you go away to Wolves, you go away to Aston Villa and you go a goal down, you know, and you give referees decisions to make, well, you're in the shit, aren't you? So go out there and win the game, then you don't have to worry about referees. That's what Ferguson used to do. Um, of course, he used yeah. to bully referees as well, but, you know, we won't yeah. go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Carl, uh, being on the receiving end of rotational fouling, is there anything Arteta can get us to kind of do to cope better with that? Be a bit more tougher. Um, and it's not even by, by that. I don't mean you've got to take the foul. Do you know what? There are p dark arts also include going up to the referee and literally moaning a little bit more. And I'm not, do you know what? I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm getting pissed off at myself because I don't like. Um, can I just say, this Newcastle Southampton game is fucking brilliant. Sorry. But. Um, mm -hmm. It's um, maybe go to referee because all the other teams do it, and like we like we were just saying, Chris, if every other team in the league does it, and we're the only ones that are not doing it, but other teams are getting away with it, then why shouldn't we? And I'm again, I, I know it's you know you shouldn't bring yourself down to the level that everyone should come up, but no one else is coming up, and no one else is getting punished for it. So maybe we should. But the problem with us is that. We start moaning to the referee or arguing the referee, and we get booked. How many times has Granite Xhaka been booked this season for quote unquote dissent? It just it, it happens, but it doesn't happen to any other team. And it's just like, well, what do you do? What 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 is it that you do? There's nothing Arteta mm -hmm. can do per se. Like he can't say, you know, don't get fouled. It, it, it happens. Or if you start fouling other teams, then we just know that we're going to be the ones to get punished for it is like Chris said um, we're not out here saying that referees are corrupt well you know uh, for the purposes of yeah. anyone listening but um, <laughs> unfortunately it seems that they are and it just seems that we get uh, an, um, an unfair bite of the cherry and Arteta at the moment can't do nothing he can't he can't say go out there and do this because if he the team does do it and it's like okay that's fine we just seem to get unfairly booked and we don't want to see any more red cards. Although we've had nine red cards this season, some of those red cards, let's be honest, were not red cards, not in the slightest. David Luiz was sent off because he's David Luiz the other night. Mm -hmm. I, I, do, I don't doubt that one bit. 
you know I, I completely agree with other people that said the same he he was sent off because because he has a reputation for making last ditch lunges and a snide foul he was sent off on his reputation uh, um, unfortunately yeah. now we're in that situation you know did you watch on um, the bt coverage i don't know if you're watching the wolves and that guy peter oh was, peter, peter wankoff yeah, yeah. Peter was, yeah he's a fucking sorry so sorry but he's an no, absolute he idiot and he he's pretty much job. said it he pretty much said but this is the fifth time David Lewis has been sent off. He doesn't learn. Why yeah. you, Why would you mention that? And yeah. he's an ex-referee. So you cannot tell me that referees don't have that in their mind. He just kind of proved it, that referees have it in their mind. It's always that, you know that, oh, he's not that sort of player. Yeah. Everyone, everyone can tell you who's not that sort of player, but no one can tell you who is that sort of player. Yeah, it's the same reason and, that Harry Kane gets away with making a back for striker, for defenders every single week. It's the same thing. Yeah, because yeah, he's not that sort of player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no one can tell you who is that sort of player because no referee can come out or commentator can come out and say that is who is that sort of player because it's it just literally. I mean, we all know. I mean, they probably think that Xhaka is that sort of player. Patrick Vieira was that sort of player. Roy Keane was that sort of player. You kind of get what I mean, but um, it just seems that you know if you're English and the poster boy, you're, you're not that sort of player. So it's just, or whoever you play for. If you play for Spurs, you're not that sort of player. I just feel like I'm moaning now, so let's just stop. It, it, right. would, be, it would be very fun, wouldn't it, just to finish off? It would be very fun if they came out when they put out the lineups and they went, there's the number six there, look out for him. He's an utter bellend. There's the number eight. He likes to kick people, have a look at him. That would be quite fun, wouldn't it, if they did come out with that? But yeah, you know, such yeah. is life. Would be nice. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that brings uh, us to a close. Uh, we tried to avoid talking about the game as much as possible because <laughs> fuck all happened and we lost. Um, so I say thank you to Carl for joining and Chris for stepping in as well. Thanks, guys. It's nice to see Chris. It's nice to see Chris. I know Chris is not really enjoying Arsenal at the moment. Nobody is at present. We had a few wins, like you said, and I just hope we don't regress. Let's hope that we kick on and beat Leeds on Sunday, next Sunday. Fantastic. Yeah. Might be running Thursday massacre. Oh god! <laughs> wow, what a, what a way to end it. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe to all of our various different channels, and we will be back for that Leeds game next weekend. I have no idea who's on. Hopefully, Danny's out of bed in time. Good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>